Welcome to State of the Arts Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Today, Sean Vincelette will be joining us. He is an artist who's originally from Marion, Illinois, but now resides in Atlanta, Georgia. You know Sean's work from some of the murals here in the community, as well as three books of illustrations of historic buildings here in the community of Marion called The Landmark Series. He also now has a series on display here in the lobby of the Marion Cultural and Civic Center on our community arts wall. It will be available to be viewed throughout the month of May and June. It's a series of paintings called the Iconic Personalities Series. Welcome to State of the Art Southern Illinois. Today we have with us Sean Vincelette. Sean, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for the invitation. So, Sean, you and I have worked together on a lot of murals here in Marion. <laughs> um, uh, and so, with you and I, we started working together on the Paradise Alley mural. Um, and uh, that was my first mural. And, uh, and I then just took off after that and have loved every minute of it since. Uh, and then we worked on the... Uh, Statue of Freedom together, five-story mural on the back of the Citadel building, um, where you overcame a few fears on that one. <laughs> Can you tell us about that mural just a little bit? Well, I have to back up to your Paradise Alley, because that was a two-story building, mm-hmm. and you all made fun of me for having knocky knees because it wouldn't get up to the bottom of the second floor window. So when the Citadel, five stories, came available, that was... Uh, wasn't quite sure how that was going to work, but um, <laughs> if it hadn't been for your expertise with driving the boom, I don't know that I would have gotten that comfortable that quickly. I mean, it was only 70 feet in the air. Only, you know, at, at least if I had fallen in Paradise Alley, I would have been maimed. If I had fallen from Citadel, I wouldn't have known it because I'd been gone. So, in te- you know, in that reality, it's probably a better, <laughs> better way of looking at it. By the time we finished the Citadel, and now to this day, I, I don't want to say I'm a, you know, um, what do you call them? Uh, people who go for the, it's not a speed junkie. What do you call them? A, a thrill seeker. Thrill seeker. Yeah. Thrill thrill junkie. I'm not a thrill junkie, but I'm not afraid of going up in heights. So um, that's a plus for me. So um, I would have to say that's the, the biggest accomplishment Aside from the artwork itself, of course, but, you know, being able to. And what's the relevance of that specific mural? Um, that, the image that is on the back of the Citadel <clears throat> goes back to when Mayor Absher had initially said, um, we want to propose this idea for downtown for murals. And so give me some ideas and they didn't limit me on where, who, or what. Um, so as a as an artist, I chose the largest canvas there was downtown, the back of the Citadel. And to me, it just called for a vertical design, which in, meant a human being, I felt like, or something along those lines. And that just gravitated towards keeping it... Um, historical, patriotic, you know, it was a, 
we could have done a waving flag, which would have been in your face uh, type of patriotic, but trying to keep it uh, historical where it has a meaning that people can learn from, but it also has that freedom portion that anybody can pick up on. So <clears throat> that's where it started from. This is what we'd like to do, thinking they'd never, ever let us paint on the back of that building. But as we see now, they certainly did. So now there's a five-story <laughs> tall Statue of Freedom. Yes. And what is the Statue of Freedom exactly? Uh, other than the painting that's on the wall, what is the significance of that? The Statue of Freedom is the statue that's on top of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And it's a... Um, you know, when we started this project, this may be news to you, but when we started this project, all the research that I did into the Statue of Freedom, it was kind of an amalgamation of all these ideals of freedom uh, through defense. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, meaning in all the pieces that she holds, but she looks Native American. Well, I have since found out that actually she is a Native American. So there is a, there is a tie to the Native American uh, his, history as well as the new um, attributes of the United States. So there, is a, there was more to it than even I realized when we started. So um, that's the meaning behind it. Um, I just felt when I put that on there, I felt like it was a... Um, uh, an image that people could appreciate from an artistic standpoint, they could appreciate it from a historical standpoint, and they could appreciate it from the standpoint of being a free American. So, and so it's it's very patriotic without smacking you in the face with an eagle and a flag. Correct. That's that's the best way to describe it. Um, you know, as an artist, uh, there's there's an artistic element to all the flowing robes and the all the other details in the statue. So um, that appealed to me more than a waving, you know, flag. Mm -hmm. So um, there's an elegance to it that, yeah. that there isn't in, in sure. some of the more typical patriotic offerings. There's an elegance to it. And there is a, there's also a, an honor of some of the institution mm -hmm. um, by representing what is on the U.S. Capitol building and representing democracy as a whole by representing the Capitol building. Correct. Which is wonderful. And that's kind of how she ended up here, was kind of transposing that message to the center of Marion because mm -hmm. she, she reflects, she's looking towards the tower technically. If you're looking at mm -hmm. her and you can see her, she's not really, you know, <laughs> she's on the back of the building so she can't see it. But... Your, from your standpoint, it's as if she's reflecting to the center of the town, which, you know, I don't know how that's really significant, but it is kind of, you know, she's on the center of the Capitol building, so why not be reflected in the center of town? So, um, plus, you know, she's just tall. She's, mm -hmm. she's in your face. You can see her when you get off of 57. Yeah. Um, when I arrived Wednesday, <clears throat> I had to stop and get gas. And as I pulled into the gas station, of course, the trees don't quite have all their leaves yet. So that may make a difference. But I could see her face from when I was pumping, not pumping, but when I pulled in, I could see her face from the interstate. And all I could think of was all these people pull off there probably to get gas. 
they may see that and uh-huh. may draw them in, may draw them downtown. Who knows? But anyway, so from tackling that mammoth uh, piece um, and tackling your fear of <laughs> heights, um, the next mural that we worked on together was the um, the coal mining mural, which is called End of Shift, and that's on the Goodall Building here downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, that one features uh, coal miners leaving at the end of their shift. And the relevance of that to Southern Illinois is, of course, based in the history of Southern Illinois coal mining. Sure. Um, was there any specific thing on that one that you found challenging um, that that really caused you, uh, while working on it, to, to really have to wrap your mind around something? Um, yes, that one uh, was challenging in location and building and what was going on, but that's the fun part. From an artistic standpoint, <clears throat> going to something that was more stylized to tell a story, uh, limited in color, limited in um, detail, and um, doing that and in, in, in telling the story with as, lim- as little as possible, I think was the challenge. And how I... <laughs> How I feel about that is when we, when I walked away from it, I was not a fan of that particular mural. Um, but every time I come back to it now, I see more in it than I did before. So, um, and that that mural has since been featured in uh, an agricultural magazine. Um, <laughs> well, uh, thanks. It was a featured image in agupdate.com and Illinois Agriculture mm-hmm. uh, Update. And um, I think there's one other publication that it, that, that article went to as well. And so it's been, it's been shared on international publications so that that one mural has gotten a lot of press there. It, you know, it's, it is, um, I was just having this conversation about the, as an artist, I am an introvert. I, I have forced myself to be uh, more sociable because that's what you have to do to sell art. But I'm more comfortable being within. Um, so the the whole idea of fame and fortune is just, it's not even on my radar. I'm happy to be able to do what I'm doing creatively. And if it gets noticed, that certainly is wonderful. Uh, but that's not my, that's not what I'm reaching for. But what's really great about every one of <laughs> these murals that we've done is they've all been featured in something else that was bigger than what the mural is or what the mural was saying. Um, everything from the Citadel to now the, uh, which we haven't talked about, the Mary Medical Mission one now has been put on T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably got the pictures yesterday mm-hmm. of all the people in uh, Africa with the T-shirts on. That's a... I think that gave me more of a feel-good pride than most anything else. And yeah. so let's let's go ahead and talk about the uh, Water is Life mural, sure. which uh, features the Marion Medical Mission. Um, what was the process of that one like? <clears throat> that, uh, we had uh, Tom Logan reached out. Uh, Tom Logan is the, I don't know what his title is, but he's the one who, is in charge or organizes the uh, Marion Medical Mission, which they build wells in Africa. Um, 
with community involvement so the communities have clean drinking water and they know how to maintain it. So as you and I were doing the city murals, I think Tom saw this happening and wanted a mural to be part of this program or this process. And he reached out. And the minute he told me about the story, um, I don't know at what time you and I started talking about it, but I knew the minute that he started talking about it, like, yeah, I want to do this. This is, uh, it's a worthwhile uh, story to tell. Uh, Tom is such a enthusiastic person that there was no problem getting enough information to put into a visual. Um, And it was one of those things that um, it was really a feel good more than anything else. I mean, um, a feel good in the fact that we could give a very large visual way for Mary Medical Mission and Tom to express what they're doing. Um, And you know, I learned a lot, which is we talked about with the uh, the faces. Um, do you want me to continue on to the? So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about the faces. Um, some some of our interaction on that mural led to what is now your iconic personality series that is going to be featured on the community arts wall in the Marion Cultural and Civic Center throughout the months of May and June. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did, how did the water is life mural somehow become the iconic personalities, uh, series for you? So when we set out, when we'd made the design, it has 10, 12 people, you painted them, is it 12? I think it's 12, isn't it? 13. 13. So there's 13 people rejoicing around the well. So there's happiness, there's hands, there's, uh. You know, you can see the jubilation that's going on. That's part of the design. And so when we we started painting the mural, at some point you went from the hands and you jumped over to the faces. You might correct that. Yeah, I I was trying to avoid the faces. I was trying to paint the clothing. That's right. Because the the overall body form for me, from a mental standpoint, was much easier to approach. So how did you jump? How did you go from there to the faces? Well, you got locked into the landscapes and the layering of the ah, colors in the right. landscapes, and and it was time for the faces to be painted. And so you just stepped up. I just well, started. However, it happened that you, I took notice, and uh, and I was greatly intimidated by stepping into painting the faces. See, that didn't it didn't come across in a way that was um, anything more than. You know, I'm intimidated to cross a road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can do it, but... So it didn't come across to me as that. So probably for a good reason, but you jumped right into it, and my my thought was just step back. I didn't want to give you any advice. I didn't want to pollute your creative... You just wanted to watch me flounder and flip. And... If I had thought you were floundering, I we would have. it would have been a different conversation, and I didn't see that. So that's why... You know, you'd already proven yourself before, so there was no proving yourself. And um, you did such a great job with the hands on this particular mural that once you start on the faces, my thinking on that was, and I think this is where you and I started, don't be afraid to put the brush, just put the brush on the wall. We can paint over it, we can start over, no problem. So I kind of had that approach with the faces. 
And it wasn't just you, because I thought with me too, I, I'll admit as an artist, I'm challenged with human form, faces, bodies, hands, any artist is, um, any artist that tells you they're not, they're lying. Um, or they've spent a lot of time perfecting it. So that brings us to the end of that mural. And when I got home, um, I just admitted this to someone else. So I'm going to admit it now, and you don't have to do the sound effect. Uh, but I quit smoking after 30 years. And on Christmas Day, I decided that I had to challenge myself so that I would not... I didn't want to feel that sense of intimidation on the next wall that somebody wanted to face. So I thought, I'll just start painting portraits of people. Painting's different than drawing, so there's a very process. Um, again, I'd quit smoking on the 25th, so that's the day I started, and now we're however many days after that. Um, I'm up to about 32 paintings. So... <laughs> I still feel like I still feel like there's more for me to challenge and continue on, um, but where I'm at now compared to where I was on December 26th, I have a lot more confidence when it comes to painting a face. So, um, and I think you found that too with your 13. Mm -hmm. First one was more intimidating than the second one, then the third, and and I and I know, think I I think I took the wrong approach. I jumped into the most prominent, important face for my first face first. to paint out of those 13, rather than starting on one of the peripherals and then coming back to that one. But see, but. that's that's part of the process. I mean, um, you know, I went to art school, so I, 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 I learned from some very fantastic prof uh, professors, painting professionals. Um, that doesn't go in, that didn't give me the, what am I trying to say? That didn't ensure the fact that I could do a portrait. Mm -hmm. The only way you can do it is someone gives you, you know, here's the tools, lays it out, here's the, here's the path. Now you go and you go on the path and you learn it. And sometimes you have to go on that path many times. And so my point is that um, you did that same thing with, your, with the 13, with the first 13. So what you learn now, if we were to go back and do another one that had 13 people, you would know where to start differently. Mm -hmm. That gives you more confidence. You know, so that's what, that's what it's all about. Because um, <clears throat> I believe I took probably six hours doing that first face. And then, I remember that. <laughs> and then the next day, I did, all the, I did the remaining 12. I remember at some point you became more confident in mm -hmm. what you were doing. After I got the first one kind of locked in and understood what I was doing, that next day I was able to just jump in and just go. And that's, well, even since then now, we've talked about, you've built a studio yourself, and I know we're not here to talk about you, but we've talked about you painting portraits, and, mm -hmm. and so you know it, it planted a seed it did. there with you too. I, I just had this conversation with Luke, and... He shared some things with me that from that first Paradise Alley mural of how um, that opened it up. Like he wouldn't have done a lot of the projects without working with us. So it opened up uh, all the things that he's done since then has been because we put a brush in his hand that time. Yeah. 
you stick around long enough, we're going to put a brush in your hand. Okay. And, you know, so I, when I see things like that, that's just part of the process. You, yeah. You're going to, you're going to. And you mentioned Luke, you were, you just recorded a podcast with Luke O'Neill, which is the Union Street Arts podcast. Yeah. Um, we're doing dueling po- podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you're doing back-to-back interviews. I love it. <laughs> basically, you've got a media day here in Marion. I'm life of the party. <laughs> um, and so we can hear that conversation on Luke's podcast, which is Union Street Arts podcast. Um, it's available on their Facebook page um, and then on all of the podcast platforms as well. Awesome. Yeah. I um, he I, I brought him up because he, he shared that, and it kind of, I don't want to say it choked me up. I'm not that dramatic, but... <laughs> it took me back for a minute because I just didn't, you know, I didn't see that, didn't think it. And then for him to say, it's because you guys did this, you put that brush in my hand. And he had just shown me what, you know, the work they're doing over there. So it's, you know, again, it's kind of like this building we're in, how many people it has inspired, mm-hmm. you know, over the decades and now where we're at now. So, I, and so let's, let's jump further into, Exactly what is, um, like, what what personalities have you featured in this Iconic Personalities series? <laughs> um, specifically the ones that will be displayed here in Marion um, that that people can come and see uh, any time through the month of May and June. So, as I mentioned, you know, there was no, there was no uh, uh, plan with this. It was just... Uh, a challenge and at some point my other half kept saying well, what are you going to do with all these what are you going to do with all these because they kept adding up I'm like I, I don't know but as it turns out it's one of those things that if you build it they will come so I've sold several of these now through Facebook and um, you know other and I've had people commission um, but when I started this, there was no rhyme or reason. I just started picking people who were interested. In fact, I think you brought it up. Mark Twain was one of the first. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know where Mark Twain came from. You said, I know exactly where he came from because you were talking about your friend in Hannibal, Missouri, painting Mark Twain murals. Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't made that connection. So now every time I've done a painting that seems like it comes out of the you know, left field, I have to think back hard. It's like, where did that, inf- you know, where, where did... Marilyn Monroe come in, you know, something. Sometimes I find it and sometimes I don't. But I immediately found out that I wanted to steer away from Maine. Everybody paints Marilyn. Everybody paints Bob Dylan. You know, there's certain people who just, you know, they're stars and people paint them. So I wanted to step away from them and go to less known faces. Maybe just less known, not unknown um, so one of the first ones that I ch- started doing was, um, uh, Ralph Furley from Three's Company. He was the landlord and I, he was like the second banana is, is a term from, I'm sure you're familiar with some people I realized did not, I found out, did not know what second banana meant. And I had to explain that. I don't. Oh, um, so it, it's a term that comes from the time of Lucille Ball. I think maybe even before that. So Lucille Ball was the top bill, and her second banana was Ethel Merman. So um, the second banana is the support comedian. And I don't know if that's a television term or theater term. I have no idea. So 
Um, yeah. So I've, I've heard that. I knew what it was. I assumed more people did. So I started calling it the second banana series. Everybody's like, what are you talking about second? So now we know what the second banana, it's the support. It's the, um, you know, the sidekick, the, the one who gets the punchlines, but doesn't get all the fame. So that's where I started focusing, um, a lot of my attention was on those second bananas, um, with television. But I, I, I immediately realized that I couldn't limit anything because the beauty of this whole series was there was no rule. I just, I was, it was a creative role that was just coming. So at some point I stepped away from the second banana and then we get things like uh, Nikola Tesla or Evil Knievel. Um, um, so they're not really, they're not real people. Stadler and uh, Waldorf. Thank you um, from the Muppets. So I just, I just started picking really personalities that stuck in my mind, mm-hmm. and so here we are now. And those I, resonate with other people as well. I, you know, I've yeah, I found that out very quickly because I share everything on Facebook. I overshare. Mm-hmm. So finding that with people, you know, they really do connect with, especially especially television there's a Mm -hmm. lot of you know because we're a visual you know creature so um i find that maybe more than musicians which well television takes you back to a specific time in your life whereas musicians are is while it's something that you experience it doesn't always take you back to a certain time in your life because you've experienced that music all throughout whereas television takes you back to a, a specific moment very good observation i Somebody sent me a message saying, I can't, you know, I'm looking forward to what you just said, coming in, seeing the pieces and seeing television personalities from my childhood. So, um, yeah, so that's, um, I, I'm trying to capture that, but the whole focus is there is a freedom in this creativity of not having a structure. Now, is there anything that in this specific series that you learned about yourself as an artist as you worked through it and continue to do face after face after face after face? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> I have some uh, professors at uh, Savannah College of Art and Design that probably would not appreciate hearing this, but um, I found myself abandoning some of the more traditional approaches or embracing different ways of viewing it. In other words, I, I, I threw out any rules. I didn't, I didn't want to put any constriction. Is that right? Constrictions, restrictions, um, on the process, uh, either who it was or how I painted it. Um, so some of them, I experimented with every one of them in shadows with different colors, purples and pinks and, you know, things that maybe I wouldn't have done in a traditional painting setting, but um, I think you're familiar with my word. It's all about layers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to me, that was all about experimenting with these layers and colors. And um, So I don't know if that's really discovering something new as much as it is just uh, playing with different ideas, which uh, everyone I would do, and I still, it's like it gives me an idea for the next one. And the next one, and the next one. So I think if you, I can, if I line them up, 
first one, second one, third one, fourth. I can see that. I can see those changes. I don't know if anyone else could, but um, I noticed I noticed a number of your shadowing colors, even just yesterday looking at the painting. Um, uh, I specifically on the Dolly Parton mm-hmm. image, uh, some of the purples that are there in in some of the shadows on her face. Um, and, and I, I, I noticed that presence just yesterday and some things that I hadn't noticed because you couldn't, I couldn't see as much of the detail on Facebook. Right. And so in person, I was able to see some of that detail. And I hope that's, I hope that's what we see tonight. Cause I, I realize they're, you know, art's not for everybody, but they see a lot, a lot of the people that follow me anyway, they, they see it on Facebook and that's one thing, but seeing it in person mm-hmm. from two feet away and however far they close they get to it uh, it's just a different it's a different approach it's a different um, feel to each one of them even for me like I can share a picture on Facebook and look at it and be in my studio and go um, it doesn't quite look the mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's not capturing the well and I mean Facebook <clears throat> compresses their images and it compresses the color range and it compresses everything about it and so I, that sure that makes sense yeah and, you know, of course, taking the picture, if you don't have the right lighting, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's been a couple times in which I took uh, the most recent one I'm doing now is one of Warren Buffett. And like sometimes when I take the photograph, lighting makes him look very pale, ghostly. And then some, <laughs> some lighting will make him, you know, look peach and perfectly. So it's, you know, add that to your compression and certainly can make a difference. So, well, Sean, I'm, I'm excited for this to be on display for the next two months. Thank you. Um, on the evening of of today, when we're recording this podcast, you have a an opening reception, correct? Um, and then it'll be it will remain on display throughout May and June here in the lobby of the Marion Cultural and Civic Center on the Community Arts Wall. There are 16 pieces down there, with each one with unique personalities and unique features and unique shadowing. <laughs> So we invite everyone to come and, and take a look at the iconic personality series by Sean Vincelette here at the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Um, Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank uh, you. Love hearing some of the insight behind this and, and, and talking about the process and you know even knowing that this far into your career, you're still learning stuff about yourself and discovering new things about yourself as an artist. So thank you so much for sharing. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. It's so. Uh... As I've said now multiple times, it's nice to be invited to the party. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center, featuring artists, artisans, musicians, arts organizations, and arts events here in Southern Illinois, keeping you up to date on the art scene here in Southern Illinois. Hear new episodes every Thursday on any podcast platform, as well as here on Facebook and on YouTube.